0: Pixar has tackled something new for them in their latest movie, Puberty. Despite being a kid's movie about the struggles of growing up, many Christians took the movie on surface level and called for believers to ban the movie in their homes. Is this reaction reasonable, or is this another Red Cups at Starbucks situation?
1: This week we're talking about Turning Red, the good and bad of the movie, and the Christian social media reaction. Are you ready? It's time to wake up.
2: It's a new day, yes it is! Wakey, wakey. Time to get up. Good morning, citizens. Up
3: Adam. Rise and shine. This is your wake-up call, people. Come on, the coffee's on. on. We're going to get you guys circulating on Christian radio. I understand young people. I know what's hip. I know what's on. I know what's lit. I know what's fleet.
2: What's up, my nerds? Nerds! I work with a bunch of nerds. I'm a nerd, and uh, I'm pretty proud of
0: it. Rise and shine, nerds.
1: You're tuned in to the Back Row Morning Show, proudly a part of the Love Thy Nerd Podcast Network. I'm Radio Matt, the station manager and a nerd culture missionary here at LTN. I'm a third-generation radio dude and a lifelong nerd.
0: And I'm Mo, sidekick to the chief radio nerd, here to bring the facts and fire to your day. Now, where is my coffee?
1: The Macro Morning Show is a Monday through Thursday show on LTN Radio that covers a wide range of topics from all across church and pop culture, and we usually take a topic in threes, three segments focusing on different aspects of our weekly discussion and also some discussion with our Discord buds. You're listening to a compilation of the main topic segments from this past week's morning shows.
0: This week, we're looking at Turning Red. And it's backlash.
1: But before we jump into our discussions, Mo and I have a side venture called Backrow Games, home of several Christian tabletop games, including our two most popular, Judge Not and Sunday School Answers. Sunday School Answers is the original Christian knockoff of, knock <laughs> of Cards Against Humanity. All the awkward fun without the need to bathe in bleach afterwards to get all the sin off.
0: We've got some big updates for you. Last month, we released the White Box, our largest expansion yet with 266 new cards to add to your original game. And this week, we've released three new booster packs, the Music Pack, the Cool Youth Pastor Pack, and the Your Dumb Ideas Pack, which is a small pack of blank cards for you to write your own card ideas with... Uh, inside jokes from your friends and your family
1: (laughs) Uh, so this month we're once again teaming up with love thy nerd and their community our community the community that we're in to create a new supersized expansion deck the gamer deck you can be a part of it submit your white answer card ideas and if they are picked to be in the pack your name will be on the card forever To submit your ideas, visit lovethynerd.com slash form, all one word.
0: You can check it all out and get your copy of Sunday School Answers at backrowgames.com.
1: This week, we're talking about turning red and some of the controversy around it. But today, we're just going to give our thoughts on the movie overall.
0: As is typical when we do a movie (laughs) review week, we will be very Spoilery. That is a word. So, if you haven't seen it yet and don't want the movie spoiled, best to take a break for a bit and catch up with the podcast after you watch it.
1: So, here's a quick synopsis of the movie. Set in Toronto, circa 2003, Pixar's Turning Red centers on 13-year-old Mei Lin Mei Li, uh, voiced by Rosalind Chiang. Rosalie. Rosalie Chiang. Chiang? 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 A rule following middle schooler who's the only child of her overprotective parents, uh, type A Ming and quiet Jin, who run a Buddhist temple in the city's Chinatown. Mei and her three best friends, Miriam, Priya, 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 mm-hmm. and Abby, uh, and are infatuated with pa- popular, popular, boy behind Four Town. Which has five members. And they make a reference to it in the movie, and it still didn't lessen the fact that it's ridiculous. Uh, And they crush on a local teen who works at a convenience store. One morning, after an unsettling dream about both real and celebrity boys, May wakes up transformed into a literal red panda. Uh, She finds out that the uh, metamorphosis is an ancestral rite of passage for the women in her family when they reach puberty, but that a lunar ceremony can confine the panda into an amulet. Since strong emotions can bring on the transformation, May must call upon all her meditation skills to resist the change until the ceremony can take place. That works for a while until her friends convince her that changing into the panda could be fun and lucrative. So, Mo, let's just be generic uh, for now. What are some of your initial thoughts about the movie, especially given that you have a daughter almost this age?
0: Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Mila will be 11 in just a couple weeks. And so she's right there, um, right there in the age range. And I've got to say... I didn't watch the movie with her, Chris did, but I did then re-watch the movie with Chris and Chris was like, you realize this movie was written for your daughter, right? Yeah. Um, She loved it, thought that it was absolutely awesome and brilliant and there were so many aspects of the movie that she understood and got and just kind of fell right in line with. Hmm. I think that she would probably be one of May's best friends, quite honestly. So, um, I did have a really difficult time deciphering was this set when I was a teenager, or is this current times because that just tells you like how much of today's generation
1: yeah are falling back into some of our
0: yes our
1: culture yeah yes. back then uh-huh yeah.
0: the whole time I'm like, wait, <coughs> hold up, they do that now I see <laughs> I see my fifth graders wearing these same things saying these same things giggling girling over some of the same things that yeah the girls do in the movie anyway it that probably was the hardest thing that i had to wrap my mind around <laughs> was wait is this from when i was a teenager or is this now i don't know anyway <laughs> that's my very generic
1: those are very generic thoughts um i uh I, okay so there was a there was a um A reviewer who got in trouble had to like take down his review and apologize because part of his review was just complaining that this movie essentially had nothing really for for guys to to connect to. At least not a lot that it's 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 mostly geared towards women. And there's a lot of the like the Chinatown culture and the Buddhist culture in it. Yeah. That just like he couldn't connect to. And the reason he had to apologize and take it down is because people thought that this was a very, like, white-focused, male-focused, America-focused review, when in reality, they just should have given the review to somebody else. They shouldn't have published that review or given him the, uh, if that's all he was going to come up with, given him the assignment of reviewing it, like, which is what they eventually did. But uh, again coming from a white male American focused mindset, there wasn't a whole lot for me to connect to in this movie, but I didn't dislike it. Uh, and then there were a few things in this movie that we'll talk about that I did connect with. Uh, but more from a, like a recovery and, and, um, just like learning how to deal with emotions and, and, you know, struggles like that. And and even just as a a parent perspective, things that I did connect with. Yeah. uh, It might not have been directly aimed at me or my demographic, but that doesn't mean that I can't pull stuff out of it. In fact, I've always really said that about most media, uh, especially media that maybe Christians are hesitant about. Right. Is that look hard enough, you'll find the messages that you want. Yes. Uh, now, you might also find messages in there that you don't like, but that doesn't mean you can't still pull some good out of it to yeah. use as an object lesson Yeah, with your kids or whoever you're watching with. Um, and so there were some stuff like that that I was able to pull out that I enjoyed. Um, but going into it, I didn't realize it was gonna be set in the past. And so the first thing I noticed is like, none of these kids have phones. Uh,
0: that's <laughs> so, a, that was, why didn't I figure yeah, that out that it, wasn't, was good.
1: it wasn't until I made that connection I'm like oh okay this is back with the boy band era or at least on the tail end of it like I get it now and uh, I read an interview with the director writer I don't know uh, who grew up in this area in Canada at this time okay you know so it was based on her experience But, uh, I did like the, the mystical elements of it, you know, the, the red panda thing being like a rite of passage, curse-esque kind of thing for the family now. It didn't start as a curse, but it kind of became a curse. Yeah. Um, I like that whole, you know, sci-fi nerdiness about it. Um, and we'll get into like the things that, you know, Christian's had a problem with here in the next couple of days, but, uh. I didn't really find it all that problematic there were a couple things I didn't like right uh, that were just a little little distasteful maybe it just could have been done a little differently okay and it wouldn't have bugged me as much but before we get into that I'll, I'll ask you your that question what was your favorite or least favorite and least favorite thing about the movie
0: okay uh, my favorite thing about the movie was just how spot on coming from a girl's perspective how spot on a lot of the emotions that are shown through May um, were portrayed. Yeah. I I don't think that it has ever been done better or more eloquently than the way that this movie presented. Mm. Just like those puberty feeling moments of confusion and shame and awkwardness and change and sure con- I already he said confusion. But anyway, um, my least favorite thing was the mom.
1: <laughs> but you're supposed to kind of not like the mom at first. <laughs> so it did its job. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so my favorite thing about the movie was how it took the time to show how both the mother began to understand the daughter better and that the daughter began to understand the mother's mm-hmm. uh, life better too. And that culminated in, again, we're talking spoilers here, culminated in that weird Panda realm. They, they showed up in right where she sees her mom at her age crying about the same kind of stuff that she was crying about, about not being good enough, not feeling good enough, that, mm-hmm. you know, n- um, uh, being ashamed for one reason or another Mm -hmm. and then her grabbing her by the hand and walking her out of that and how her mother, it showed like her mother aging as they're walking up into her real age. Mm -hmm. And that culminated in that kind of connection at the end where they just kind of understood each other. Like, yes, you're a young woman, you're growing up. I have to kind of get out of the way of that at the same time saying, I, you know, the, the daughter realizing I understand, you know, that not everything that you're doing is uh, what you want to do or that, you know, you have the same feelings that I was a kid and you're just trying your best to guide me. And it mm-hmm. might not be perfect, but I at least understand that the reason is because you're you care about me and mm-hmm. you're trying. Right. Which, you know, all we can ask for. really.
0: <laughs> I mean, right. I don't
1: know. I don't know how Deidre and I are going to understand that part of our daughter's life when it comes to how we're gonna react uh that kind of stuff is scary thinking about it too the thing that i hated about the movie was uh the the some of the choices of words there is the scene where she's in full rebellion mode and she's yelling i like boys i like dancing and then she says i like Gyrating. That word is one of those words that just give me the gibblies, you know. Just the ooh, no, because that word has too many connotations outside of dancing. Because mm-hmm. in this sense, she just meant dancing with her hips. That's what she meant. Yeah. But that word has so many sexual connotations. Yeah. That. I'm like, I don't like a character this young saying that word. (laughs) And we're supposed to be, like, empowered by it as an audience. I don't like it. Yeah. You could have have chosen any other. Just Just say, I like dancing the way my friends dance. You know, just be generic about it where we still understand what you're saying. You don't have to say gyrating.
0: And I can understand that. I can completely get that. I have, I take... I don't know the word to use, but...
1: Not gyrating. No. no.
0: <laughs> I get very, very, very frustrated and, um, like you said, Grossed the Ghiblis, yeah. but I don't even like using that word. That's
1: like... One of right, the you don't like ghiblies.
0: either. Um, whenever I hear, like, a in a movie or a television show, a kid say a cuss word and mm. it's supposed to be done in a comical way mm-hmm. um i can't think of what was said but the will ferrell movie with the, he's the race car driver
1: talladega Nights.
0: and the kid with his mouth in yeah. that movie it just dry like i'm i every single time i will walk away from a movie mm-hmm. so fast if a kid is talking
1: i also know yeah they, they've also made it a trend lately to make that endearing when a kid cusses yeah no like they do that in endgame where they have his Robert Downey Junior's daughter, you know, say the S word twice. And they made it like an endearing scene. And like, You can't say that. Uh, oh, that's you know, that's my word. That's my or that's mommy's word. Only she's allowed to say that. And then she says it he she says it again. Goes, Can you get out of here? Why? Because I got some important s to do. You know, it says it again from his daughter. It makes it this wholesome father daughter moment. I'm like, but it's all around, based base around using the s word. Like that's yeah. that's weird, right? You shouldn't be feeling all gooey about the daughter cussing. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's gross, and that's I, that's, I that's in too many things. I don't like movies that make kids cuss or make kids like talk about you know, gross sexual stuff. I understand this stuff actually does happen in the real world. Uh, I've, I, I know plenty of stories of, you know, elementary schools in our town of uh, oh, yeah. kids, you know, saying all kinds of gross things and talking about sexual things that they don't understand, but they want people to think they do. And just some weird one upsmanship that they're doing with all the other kids. <sighs> it's disgusting. there. And I don't want to encourage it in movies and TV shows. Exactly,
0: <laughs> exactly. I mm, that could be like a whole other topic that we we tackle one day <laughs> because I think that there's a um, a very dangerous slippery slope that we put celebrity movie star kids in. Sure. When we put them in roles like that.
1: Yeah, yeah, I so. agree. Anyway, but either way, overall. What would you rate rate the movie? One to ten?
0: Uh, probably seven and a half.
1: Yeah, I'm about right there too, about yeah. seven, yeah, or so. So those are our basic thoughts. Now tomorrow we're going to have our Discord, Discord. Discord? Have our Discord join Discord. How about Discord us okay. uh, for a discussion of some of the more controversial moments of the movie?
0: We'll be back with more. Stick around.
4: Hey everyone, I'm Jeshua Horka, and this is Reviews of the Nerds. Today, I'm reviewing the tabletop role-playing game Fantasy Age by Chris Promise. Fantasy Age by itself is a generic high fantasy game. It covers all the bases you will probably want. You got Elves, Dwarves, Gnomes, Halflings, Humans, and Orcs. You got Mages, Warriors, Rogues. If you're looking for a fresh venue for your next high fantasy campaign, Fantasy Age is the perfect cauldron for your next epic tabletop concoction. The dice mechanic in Fantasy Age is really great. Instead of rolling a single die, you roll 3d6. Two of your dice should be the same color, and one of them should be a separate color to symbolize the stunt die. Whenever you roll, if you roll doubles on any of the three dice and the total equals a success you generate stunt points, equal to what you rolled on the stunt die. For combat rolls, this allows you to add special effects onto your attacks. For skill checks, this allows you to add different dramatic effects, so you complete a skill with particular flair. I'm also a fan of this system, as it makes figuring out the difficulty level of tasks pretty simple. Because you're rolling three dice most of the time, the common roll result is ten. So if you ever find yourself needing to roll a higher number than 10, especially 12 or higher, you should probably spend some resources or use a class ability to give yourself a bonus. Characters also get talents as they level up, which in D&D terms can be thought of as feats. What I like about this system is that talents have three levels of mastery. Novice, Journeyman, and Master. It's up to the individual player how their character will progress. They can focus on and master a few talents or spread out the points and be novices in many random talents. So even though there are only three initial classes to pick from, they can be customized in a myriad of ways. The game system itself is much more rules-light and narrative than D&D, but it still has enough crunch to make things interesting. Anyone looking for a similar game system should give it a try. I'm Jeshua, and this has been Reviews of the Nerds.
1: back to the back row I'm Radio Matt
0: and I'm Mo and every week these four main segments get spread out across four daily morning shows on LTN radio and they include a lot more content including weird news, random facts games, challenges, rants, junk food and more and you can be a part of all that by following us on Twitch at twitch.tv slash LTN on air so you'll be notified when we go live. You can even be a part of the show.
1: And make sure you catch our full morning shows every Monday through Thursday on LTNOnAir.com at 8 a.m. Eastern with an encore at 10. All right, so we've been talking about Turning Red, the latest animated movie from Disney Pixar, and uh, one of the few to not be rated G. Uh, And the Christian community has had some issues with the movie, uh, raising a lot of controversial questions and some condemnations. So today we're gonna talk about some of those with our friends from Discord. We've got uh, Hillary, KY Redhead here, and we've got uh, our buddy Tad. And uh, you both have seen the movie, right? We've, we've confirmed yeah. this.
5: I have not seen the movie. You haven't oh. seen the movie? <laughs> I have not.
1: But you wanted to jump in on this chat? <laughs>
5: <Okay>. <laughs> well, certain aspects of the chat because I, uh, yeah, certain aspects of the chat interest me greatly. She
1: okay, so you're aware, you're aware of some of the things. I am,
5: I am aware, yes. Okay. I am aware. Uh, and and Mo, I will comment on things that require knowledge of the movie.
1: Okay. Well, Mo saw the movie at least as much as she stayed awake. She
5: I, I saw as much of the
0: movie as I see of most movies.
1: <laughs> I watched the movie despite the fact that it was very difficult for a, a grown male to uh, connect with some of it. But there's some stuff that I actually did connect with quite a yeah. lot. Um. <clears throat> so... Essentially, this movie is roughly set in the early 2000s, 2003, 2004, and it is kind of a coming-of-age story. Uh, It's taking the story of basically a girl hitting puberty, uh, but making it fantastical, saying there's some sort of like a Buddhist um, family, not necessarily curse, but it's kind of treated like a curse. Uh, nowadays where when you come of age you let out an inner beast, a big red panda and you have to learn to kind of tame the emotional red panda by keeping those emotions in check until they do like this weird ceremony where they can imprison the panda into some sort of amulet. It's a whole story. It's a whole thing. It's a whole movie. But it's essentially <laughs> it's essentially <laughs> about uh, you know Becoming a woman, kind of, you know, for lack of a better term. So, uh, I mean, uh, Tad, you're also a a grown adult male.
0: (laughs) You're also a
1: woman. Who watched
2: this. (laughs) Yeah, uh, but I also, I work with kids, so I have a little bit of a unique perspective, so. Well,
1: what did you think of the movie, like, overall?
2: Um... It it didn't catch my attention all the way through. Okay. Um yeah, but I loved the nostalgia of the whole thing. That was just great. I loved that. Mm-hmm. I loved the friends. The friends were just they were dynamic. Yeah, it was a good um, group. Yes. Uh and um and the just the it <laughs> It's Canada in Toronto, uh, with <laughs> with Chinatown, and my mom grew up uh, ch- like, uh, twenty minutes away from Chinatown, in in a um, in Scarborough, uh, surrounded by, uh, two Italian families, when she grew up. So it it really hit home type of thing, just because of stories <laughs> and stuff like that. So, you
1: know.
2: yeah, it was it was an enjoyable watch. Uh, would I Let Someone younger than a teenage watch Probably not
1: Yeah and I think that's the Maybe the crux of all the issues Is that Disney might not have done a, a, a Good enough job Um advertising that this is Really a movie for kids Of this age Like around the preteen to teenager Um age not necessarily For younger kids Um and I mean, it is PG, and so I can't, you kind of assume that that you know you're expected to number one watch this under parental guidance, and number two uh, be a little bit older than the Y seven you know crowd. But uh, they also did advertise it on like the Disney Junior page uh, for mm. a short while, you know, on the on the Disney Plus app, which is not the target demographic for the for the story. Um, so I, I mean I get that bit of the backlash, but let's let's go through some of the things in the film that gave some people paused. Um, number one, they they do talk about in kind of hyperbolic terms uh, a girl having her period. Uh, I believe the 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 wording used was "has the red peony bloomed." That was the phrase they used. When the mother was asking her, thinking that that's what that was, and then bringing her a bunch of uh, sanitary napkins. (laughs) You
0: can't even say the word?
1: That's what they wrote here on the page. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then there is a scene where, again, thinking that that's the thing, the mom is like at the school holding up Mm. a big box of pads and says the word pads. And so, like, parents were kind of uncomfortable. But again, I think thinking from a younger child's perspective that, you know, they're talking about that. What yeah I'm not a I'm not a female.
5: I am so passionate about this topic, it's so hard not to yeah. Please. Anyway.
2: Okay. <laughs> Go ahead. Um so one of you. it was it was okay, for my perspective, it was only like ten minutes of the film.
1: If that, that yeah,
2: if they that. really focused on that and like this whole like uh, hyper oh our girl's changing type, uh, you know, changing. Um, but then it it really didn't touch on that at all throughout the rest of the the movie, ex- uh, except for the the friends wanting to become a woman for going to this concert type of thing. So um yeah i mean honestly you could skip those 10 minutes of the film and totally still be on track of what was going on in the film right like you could cut it out and and the film is still intact so in that case it wasn't that important Sure, yeah. but I guess
1: the question would become though it would, it, would it even be necessary to still be fine As a movie would we, should, we, should we feel the need To cut it out, like should we feel the need To not be able to talk about that
2: uh,
1: Again, I'm not a lady So I'd really like to see a lady yeah. that. <laughs> That's fine
5: <laughs> Well I haven't seen the movie So Mo, I don't know if you want to go first Because you have seen it Or if it. that matters for the context Of this conversation Not really it weigh in okay. your opinion, hillary. and i'll I'll piggyback okay. off
0: you because i'm, okay, I'm so i mean I'm fairly <laughs> certain we're probably in agreement here, so.
5: Yeah, this, this is the whole reason why I was like, I've got to make time out of my day to be part of this conversation because I'm very passionate about education. For people who don't know me, I homeschool. Um, I've always homeschooled. My degree is in education, which is useless for homeschooling. That's another story. And I have three boys. I only have three boys. I'm a boy mom and I have two teenagers and a preschooler. And um, so I'm very, very passionate about making sure that they know things that they need to know in order to function in society. And I feel like part of that is knowing how to relate to women, um, as friends, as coworkers, um, as, you know, potential future spouses, et cetera. They're going to be dads hopefully one day. Um, and menstruation is just, it's part of life. I mean, that's part of, you know, our society. It's just something we experience and that's just a normal part of life. And I really feel like it should not be taboo. I know it is. Um, but my goal, at least for my family is to make sure that the boys know, Hey, you know, what happens every month physiologically? Yeah. <laughs> to women who experience this, well, here's what happens and this is why, you know, they hurt and this is why they feel like they can't wear their clothes because here's what a uterus size normally looks like. And during menstruation, it can swell up to this many times its size. And can you imagine trying to put your clothes on when that's happening and how frustrating that would be and just letting them know, you know, what's happening to your friend if they have a broken arm, if they have appendicitis, you know, you can sympathize with your friend who's going through that. You can You can advocate for them. You can treat them with respect and gentleness and even, you know, use your privileges, white middle-class males, which all of my children are, um, to stand up for and defend people who are not being treated well. And, I mean, I grew up being teased. I'm sure every uh, woman who has experienced menstruation or has been a woman around other people has experienced some sort of teasing or, you know, a ha-ha, are you on your period kind of thing. And I just feel like if more men or even women knew what menstruation was, how it happened, what was actually happening in their body at the time that they would not be as quick to make jokes. And, um, so I, I really, I think that information is important here and I love that turning red has made this a talking point. I don't like the way that it was handled. Uh, I don't like the, the negative aspect of the way that it's being treated, but I do feel like this is an important, vital, piece of knowledge that we are missing as a society when we have whole generations upon generations growing up of both men and women not knowing how an average or typical woman's body would work and develop and function in a healthy way. And so, um, obviously, (laughs) I feel very passionate about that topic. So
1: That was good and very very fast Uh, i had several jokes to throw in and you were talking too fast for me to get (laughs) no she's not gonna
5: let you joke about this situation Um,
1: tad what were you saying
5: i'm "I'm sorry if part of your lining of one of your organs ripped out every month and horrified you you'd probably be like man i wish someone would be nice to me and bring me a cookie so (laughs) you know
1: i was just gonna say you know you're saying What's going on? You don't know what's going on in your body. I'm like, they're literally yeah. dying a little bit on the inside yeah. every month.
5: Yeah. And too many girls, like with Turning Red, I'm like, I have friends, and I'm sure Mo does too, who they grew up and their parents didn't know how to talk to them about it. So they just didn't. And then they just, it just happened to them one day and they thought they were going to die. Mm-hmm. And I just think that that's so tragic and it's, it's unnecessary. And I just, I'm, mm-hmm. I really want to empower parents to have these hard conversations with their kids, you know, menstruation, sex, all these things that they're going to encounter in life as in part of normal life and that way you know hey what if if your cycle is irregular you need to talk to your care provider about that but if you don't know anything about it how would you know exactly and and it's 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 things like that like you would want to know if your body was functioning normally or abnormally and and how to deal with that and you know hey you know what that's not normal you know i just found out a couple months ago i have adhd and it's explaining my last 43 years of existence i'm like wait that's not normal wait, that's not normal. My husband's like, babe, no, people don't do that. I'm like, but, but this is normal. He's like, no, no, that's not normal. And so, you know, things like never had menstruation <laughs> where it's just taboo and we don't even talk about like now ADHD, I feel is kind of safe to talk about, but menstruation still, even for adults is just a topic where like, oh, well, we can't talk about that. That's so embarrassing. I'm like, no, it, it's going to happen hundreds of times throughout your life. You can talk about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Right. Sorry, Tad, what were you going to say there? Uh, that Sorry. I wholeheartedly no uh, uh, agree, um, and yeah, uh, and it's it's putting back first of all, yeah, like like K Y was saying, and how the movie addresses it, parents can be blindsided and react negative negatively um, mm-hmm. or poorly, and so mm-hmm. that it's a connection point for both the young teenager and the parents because it's it's that you know it's it's giving a, a a thought into an influent influencing the parent and oh wait hold on have i had this talk yet and oh yeah i should totally not react like that because that was that looked wrong mm-hmm. um and then for weird. the the teenage girl that that's been in that situation and the guys the guys that were also put into that situation of Yeah, this is really awkward and embarrassing, and uh, we need to respect each other a little bit more. Um, So, yeah, uh, so I deal with with kids from 5 to 11, and then I help out with our youth group. And so to see all of that change and that coming of age, but also just uh, the the change of independence and the change of perspective and thought – we're all brought up in this movie and are all very important talking points and like other like how do you deal with other family members being involved with your own kid how do you set proper boundaries with your mm. own kid those were things that were were conflict points in this movie and honestly parents you need to stop getting your panties in a twist and actually step up and Yes, be the filter for your these movies that are coming mm-hmm. out, but not being afraid of these movies when they come out and allow them to be education and, and talking points. Mm-hmm. So as a 26 year old single male, uh, <laughs> I love I love my parents and I love my families. And so I I, I say that out of serving you guys.
1: <laughs> well, what were your uh, additional thoughts, if you had any? Or did KY cover it all? <laughs> <laughs> KY
0: did cover a lot of it. Um, go figure. Um, it but, all the good
1: talking <laughs> points.
0: I will say, I went into watching this movie wanting to be positive about it. Chris and Mila watched the movie when it first came out. Mila had been really looking forward to watching it. And... Oh, I don't even remember what movie it was several months ago. I think it was a new like Netflix Christmas movie that came out that they watched one Friday night while we are recording. And I come home and Mila's all telling me, mom, we watched this movie. And I was like, what? We were supposed to watch that as a family. (laughs) Well, then... The previews for Turning Red comes out and Chris is like, well, you probably want to ask your mom if she wants to watch it with you so we don't take it away. <laughs> um, but I ended up saying, no, it's fine. You guys watch it. So one Friday night while we were recording, when it first came out, they watched it, the two of them together. And then I'm seeing all these posts all over <laughs> Facebook about how we shouldn't be watching it and this and that and blah, blah, blah. And so I asked Chris, hey, do you agree with you know, all of these points that these people are making. And he's like, absolutely not. Yeah, absolutely not. He said, yeah, I can see where there is some underlying truth to some of the points that are being made, but overall the, the warnings and the, you shouldn't are very much deeply embellished.
1: Yeah. I feel like a lot of what the, those posts that we've seen, you know, about this, Uh, amount to is they're just upset that these things are happening in the movie. They're not necessarily uh, being honest about like how they are treated in the movie. Like it's not a, just because the, the, the girl character like rebels and yells at her mom, that doesn't mean the movie is glorifying that this is a good thing. Yell at your mother it's like this is a genuine thing that happens between kids and parents. like these are things that you have to both realize will happen and be ready for as a, as an adult and you know to to expect a movie to not ha about this about you know growing up you know especially into a more hormonal you know period of your life when you're not ready for these kind of emotions and reactions and and all this to hit you uh and that's you know guy or girl when you're you're hitting puberty you, mm-hmm. your brain just starts to flip out because it doesn't know how to handle all this stuff to expect that there's not going to be this new tension and this new mm-hmm. um you know Anger, uh, you, know, uh, you know, all, all this kind of just new adrenaline emotions, and, and you know, yeah. emotions that you're trying to, yeah. to figure out that that's not going to bleed out into arguments and, and fighting and, and, you know, telling your, your mom that you like boys and loud music.
0: <laughs> so, OK, so I went into it wanting to have this positive outlook. Right. Yeah. And immediately I'm hit with my own negativity but not at all in terms of what all of those Facebook posts are about. Right. Like just like my stance in Encanto with Abuela, I do not like the mom in turning
1: red <laughs> at all.
0: The second that she walks in and finds oh, what is her name? May May Maylee is that
1: I don't remember now. How
0: you pronounce it? May
1: May. just say May. Okay.
0: Um, and she finds her notebook of her drawings, and she rips the drawings out, and goes to the (laughs) the gas station, and and the whole time I'm like, this is a dream. This is a dream. This mom is not really doing this. This mom is not doing this to her daughter right now.
1: Drawings of a boy shirtless. Scandal. Oh my
0: gosh. (laughs) Like so. uh, Of course, the entire movie I'm watching it like you wretched woman. How dare you? You just destroyed your daughter. Um, but then it just, it really weighed in on me how there's an entire generation of parents who see puberty, who see the changes in our body, who see sex as so taboo. Mm-hmm. And it's like a an, an area that they just are refusing to touch and, right. and discuss and have conversations about. And I just don't understand why. Coming from an educator's perspective, your kids are already hearing about it. Mm -hmm. And from an elementary educator perspective, as early as second grade, your kids are hearing about these things. They're having conversations Mm -hmm. with kids during lunch and at recess. And sure, they may not understand everything that they're saying and everything that they're talking about but they're going to figure it out yeah. and they're going to figure it yeah. out really quick. And if you're yes. not the one who's willing to talk to them about it, yes. where are they going to get their answers from? Right. Yes. If you can't I feel as like a parent cracks of it. Absolutely. Yeah. If you can't as a parent swallow your I don't know if it's pride or if it's just it's your more, uncomfortableness, yeah, your awkwardness, fear. um just for 10 15 minutes. You know, to just sit your kids down and say, listen, your bodies are going to feel awkward feelings, and that's okay.
1: Mm-hmm. I really think part of it is that we're, like, our generation may be one generation above us are kind of like the first generations where we're at that point of, okay, this is supposed to be something we talk about. Right. And none of us really had that or a lot of us didn't have that. And so we're, we're we don't know a
5: lot of the knowledge either. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry. Like, you're sorry. My mic is cutting in and out. So I'm sorry. If if I, did I talk over you? I'm sorry. Do what you got to do. Go for it. (laughs) Mm hmm. Um, well, I was saying like all, all of the thing from menstruation to sex, mm-hmm. talking about porn, talking about, you know, h- having healthy boundaries, all of these things that are they're going to encounter at various times in various places in various ways. Like it's part of our job as parents mm-hmm. to help equip them to go out into the world, whether you're homeschooling, whether you're public schooling, whether you just release them into the wild and hope for the best. I mean, whatever. Like our job is to equip them. But like Matt said, I feel like our generation and above We have not been equipped to have those discussions. You know, back in the day, we all had livestock and we know exactly how it happened. Yeah, you know, we know how uh-huh. the next generation happens. We birth calves right on our own property or our neighbor's property. That's a normal <laughs> thing. We know how it happens, right? And we get a couple generations forward and we're like, "Oh, I thought I could only get pregnant by kissing because that's what my mom said, and I don't know how I got pregnant because I've never kissed my boyfriend, I promise." And it's like, <laughs> "Well, you know what? Like if you had if your mom had felt equipped to have that conversation, with you or if she you know knew knew the facts then it wouldn't have been an issue that i feel like we don't have the permission from ourselves, the embarrassment is there and we feel like we don't have the permission to have those tough contacts with our kids when they're young. You know, like Mo said, super young, just saying like, hey, this is what happens and if anybody ever, you know, shows you or touches you in this area, that's a private area and you need to come and talk to me instead of, oh, we can't talk about that because, oh, that's private. I don't want to talk to my five-year-old about that. You know, like, well, no, you need to because you don't want to be the second or third person who talks to your five-year-old about it. Exactly.
1: And we don't want to get to the point where we're, we're shrouding this all in shame for another generation because exactly. that's what that's what yes. happens in this movie. In this movie, after the drawing thing, you see May then like crying into a pillow, fighting with herself. Yes. Why are you drawing these yes. horrible, sexy things? Uh-huh. Like it's it's a, you know, a internal battle with I must be terrible. I must be awful. Yeah. Uh, yep. yeah. I must be, you know, unworthy in one form or another. And that's that's exactly how. You know, from a male perspective, that's exactly how we've treated, like, porn and I don't want to use the M word, but the M word, yeah, uh, Yeah. (laughs) because that's something that uh, my dad never talked to me about that. You know, no, no, nobody ever talked to me about that kind of stuff. I didn't even start hearing about, you know, the dangers of that stuff until uh, maybe youth group, which, you know, I Mm -hmm. attended myself, like it wasn't something my parents were taking me to. And so that's not a common thing, I think, for most teenage boys. Uh, To hear Uh, and maybe a little bit more, at least from Christian households. But at the same time, it's more that stuff's fine. That stuff's okay from the world, even healthy like that stuff's healthy. Mm -hmm. And that's so it's not even just you need to be made aware of these things, but it's that you need to now kind of go in a counterculture mode. (laughs) <laughs> explaining mm-hmm. them you know from a a more faith-based perspective yeah. on how these can lead to more dangerous things mm-hmm. um and how you have to keep that stuff in check as quickly as possible i mean mm-hmm. all, all all men and most women deal with that uh, at some point at least and yeah. most for most of their lives but to go into it without any kind of knowledge of uh You know, what that does to you spiritually, physically, mentally, Mm -hmm. uh, how it trains your brain into, you know, how you treat women and other people, uh, how it completely screws up your idea of what a healthy sexual relationship is supposed to be like. You know, all of that stuff is the harm, the unintended consequences of what seems relatively harmless uh, on its surface. Mm -hmm. And so I'm sure the exact same thing uh, in different ways translates to. You know female growing up is you know <laughs> in probably many more uh untold ways than I can think of as a male but to 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 just not talk about it will send you into a unless you're getting in trouble let's put yeah. it that way to not talk about it except right. to get yelled at when you're caught that's right. that's what's just going to send you into shame and unfortunately. Yeah. Shame is one of those things that needs a coping mechanism to get over. And what do you think the closest exactly. coping mechanism is to you? That exact same thing.
5: Yeah. 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 And I feel I, like with the internet, it's even more nowadays. Oh if the gosh. kids hear a word and they don't know what it is, if you aren't established as their go-to, hey, I'm confused about something, they're going to look it up on the internet. And we all know that's a slippery slope for oh. ser- internet searches come up with all sorts of things. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, really, it's, I really feel like we, we as a culture need to equip and empower parents to cross that bridge earlier and earlier with their kids and just say like, Hey, you know what? I'm learning how to be a parent for the first time with you, or I'm learning how to be a parent with two kids for the first time with you. And you know, if I lose my temper, I'm sorry, but if you need to talk to me about something that you think will upset me, tell me, and I will try real hard keep my temper and just know that i'm learning how to handle it too but i want to be here for you and i don't ever want to embarrass you but i want to be i want to be the person you come to with questions and i promise i won't embarrass you i promise i won't be teasing you about girls or you know whatever you know bring it up in front of your friends or be rude or whatever but just like i want to be that person for you so if you hear this or you see this Come to me. It's like, if you see a gun, we tell our kids, if you see a gun out at somebody's house, don't pick it up. Don't, don't take it somewhere you think it's safe. Come and tell me, come and tell an adult. It's the same with any, you know, they see porn, they see, you know, something, you know, we try to not be too much, but make them aware of like, Hey, if you see a friend displaying this kind of stuff and it concerns you come to us, you know, or if you see an adult in your life doing something like this. And, um, I just, I mean, it's really just, it all comes under empowering parents to be that person. And it's hard because I feel like I'm guessing most of the time and praying the other half of the time. Sure. Oh, yeah.
1: And well, that's normal. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. So we need to – that's that's about our time here. Mm-hmm. But uh, oh, Tad, did you have anything else to add before we go? Yes.
2: <laughs> Tad? Uh, yeah. Yeah. um one point that, that kind of was, was uh, just spoken briefly about, but we can't disconnect any of these things with spiritual either. Yeah. yeah. Um, all of these things uh, – uh, when we when we uh help develop the physical the mental the emotional we are also developing the spiritual so yes. um with this uh, with this movie i think it got a little too mystical and so sure. uh it's culturally accurate but uh it is definitely one of those things that that is also a good christian talking point too like yes this is this is how their culture is raised and this is what we believe in. So um, it, it really does encompass a lot of really good talking points. So, yeah. Yeah. Talk. Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> I agree with that. Well, no, you got agree. any final thing to say?
0: I mean, I have a lot of final things to say, <laughs> but should I save my final things for our other days?
1: Uh, probably. Okay. Yeah. All yeah. right. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank y'all two so much for joining in. I think this was actually a very, very good and uh, enlightening conversation. I agree. I think it hit I all agree. the notes I was hoping we were hit and a lot more I didn't even think of.
0: Yes. Thank y'all. <laughs> thank
2: you. Yeah. Thanks for having us. <laughs> love of you, course. Tad. Love you, thank Hillary.
0: Thank you. Love you guys. <laughs> love you too. Bye. Bye. Bye.
1: <clears throat> really good. Mm-hmm. As always, how would we expect anything less? I We couldn't. (laughs) That will do it for our Discord discussion on turning red. Tomorrow, we're going to talk about what Mo and I first saw uh, about turning red on Facebook, which is a Christian review that went viral.
0: We'll be back with more. Stick around.
1: Have you ever heard a nerdy word or phrase that you were positive you should know, but you didn't? We've all been there feeling like our nerd cred is dropping by the second. Well, fear not. LTN is here to help you hold your own in a nerdy conversation. So pull up an ear and pay attention because we've got a new nerdy definition for you. Today's term is burial. This is a wrestling term for the work lowering of a wrestler's status in the eyes of the fans. The opposite of a push, it is the act of a promoter or booker causing a wrestler to lose popularity or credibility, or damaging their gimmick through means such as forcing them to lose in squash matches, a short one-sided match where an opponent just gets put through the ringer, losing continuously, allowing opponents to no-sell, as in pretend not to be hurt, or kick out, getting a shoulder up before the three count, of said wrestler's finisher. signature devastating move that usually signals a coming victory, man, you're getting a lot of extra definitions today, or forcing them to participate in unentertaining or degrading storylines, or maybe they're just not used on TV at all. A burial is often used as a form of punishment due to real-life backstage disagreements between the wrestler and the booker, the wrestler falling out of favor with the company or sometimes to demote an unpopular performer or gimmick, which in that case isn't always a bad thing because this may allow the wrestler to return with a new, better gimmick in the near future. So the next time you hear a wrestling fan complain that their favorite guy got buried on the show last week, you can console him or her accordingly because now... You understand that reference.
3: Hey everyone, I'm Hector Mirai, and this is Faith and Fandom 180 on LTN Radio. Having 14 years of parenting experience and still learning every day, I have like a whole roster of things I want to expose my kids to. Music, movies, video games, anime, comics, blah, 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 blah. Road trips, all of it. There's there's stuff I just want to share with them. But as they've gotten older, I've come to realize I also need to be open to actually taking their recommendations as well. Because, you know what? They know me as well as I know them. And so as my daughter, Rosa and I, she's 14. As we were heading to a Comic-Con, we had like a three-hour drive. And the day before... The comic-con she had just finished an anime series called your lie in april and i thought forever that she was saying your lie in april but you know uh your lie in april and she was telling me about this anime and it was one i had never heard of and my initial response you know just being a grumpy old wee was be like Psh, what i need to know about your anime like like seriously my flesh was like shut up I, I don't need you to tell me about anime well you know you're 14 and but it was like but I was like no okay go on tell me about your anime and she went on to tell me about how it was the sad story and about pianists like piano players and uh, violin player and sickness and family trauma and that it was emotionally wrecking and beautiful and on the trip like because the wound was still fresh she cried like, pretty often just talking and thinking about this anime and it'd be like random things and she just burst into tears and I just listened to her and like it made a difference so today after we finish dinner uh, I'm coming back into the area where I record and stuff and to prep some work and she's re-watching the series and she's on episode three and I just sit down and do some desk work automatically get sucked in and I spend the next 13 episodes not getting any work done just watching it with her and talking about how good the writing is and how beautiful the expressions are and all these things and my daughter and i had a really good connecting moment because not only did i enjoy it while we were watching it but i also was there for her when it was hurting and you know romans 12:15 tells us that we should rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep and when we can prove to people that we're going to stand beside them in the hard times and in the good times Our relationships are stronger and they hear us. Remember to catch Faith and Fandom 180 every Wednesday morning on the Back Row Morning Show only on LTN Radio. And if you'd like to learn more about Faith and Fandom, head over to faithandfandom.org where you can learn about our Comic-Con ministry, podcasts, memes, apparel, and book series. You can even read new chapters before they make it to the next book. I'm Hector Mirai, and thank you for spending the last 180 seconds with me.
1: back to The Back Row. I'm Radio Matt.
0: And I'm Mo. There's a lot going on in our Discord, backrowdiscord.com, where you get to chat after the show, share your own show ideas, keep up to date with our Twitch and YouTube, and be a part of our radio shows. And also see the the behind-the-scenes workings of Back Row Games, including Sunday School Answers. Again, go to backrowdiscord.com to join.
1: This week, we're talking about Turning Red and some of the controversy around it.
0: So far, we've given our initial reviews and discussed with our Discord some of the controversial parts and once again, we will be a little bit spoilery. So if you don't want to hear about the movie at all, maybe skip the rest of the show and come back to the podcast later.
1: So the original prompting for us to cover Turning Red at all was when Mo read a viral review from a Christian mother. Uh, this review was largely negative, listing all the controversial stuff we've already talked about this week, uh, and ending her review with this. She says, maybe none of this is a big deal to you and your family, and that's okay. No judgment here if you love the movie. I encourage you to watch it on your own if you have the time and make your own judgment. I was just caught very off guard while watching it and explaining all these things to my children in the moment and why we don't agree with them. If I had known what all this movie entailed, we would have just skipped it all together and enjoyed a different lighthearted Disney movie. Now, I think that this parent kind of brought that on herself because you should do research on all the movies your kids watch, even the G-rated ones. My wife uh, or myself watch all movies before we let our kids watch them. This started mainly to make sure that it wasn't too scary, but it's also about content. Uh, I watched Turning Red by myself. I don't think either of my boys need to watch it right now. And they might not be interested in watching this movie ever just because I'm not sure it would interest them. But that being said, I don't think that this lady was really intending to lead a huge charge to avoid the movie altogether. What really upset me was the number of people I saw reposting or retweeting and sharing this review or other negative reviews without ever watching the movie themselves. And it's become an issue within the Christian social media community at large joining the ban bandwagon. Mm-hmm. Uh, is this like, what was, I mean, what was your initial thoughts when you read the, the, that review?
0: I mean, honestly, my initial thoughts were massive eye roll. Oh my gosh, here we go again. <laughs> it's just one more thing. And then I was like, why, why turning red? Why? We didn't see any of this with Encanto.
1: Yeah. Moana. Moana had a lot of, like, demigods and yeah. all kinds I've of I've been staring at I the love Moana. water. the It's such a soundtrack. I didn't remember. know Lin-Manuel Miranda did the soundtrack yeah. for that, but now I understand why I love that soundtrack Never so much.
0: Never really knowing why. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> listen, I haven't watched Moana in years. I'm ready to watch And it. That,
1: oh, yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: that song is, like, my life. Anyway, yeah. Um, but yes, that was my first initial thought. Like, why? Why turning red? And that only made me want to watch it more. Yeah. I, that's the rebellious side of me. I get it. Um, <laughs> where, you know, somebody says, don't do this. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to do it.
1: <laughs> I'm going to do so much of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, but that, yeah, that was my first thought. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so we, we've we seen this, uh, like shifting away from the, Turning Red specifically, we've seen this happen uh, quite a few times in Christian culture over the past several years, especially since the advent of social media becoming such a big thing with adults. You know, teenagers yeah. have largely abandoned Facebook. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's become the uncool adult hangout yeah. uh, where we all go and complain. And rub ointment on each other.
0: <laughs> Ew!
1: Uh, <laughs> so let's let's talk about the first one that I really recall happening on the internet specifically, and that is the red cup incident. The, okay. The guy who led the charge against Starbucks, <sighs> not because Starbucks did anything specifically bad, but because they didn't do something that he thought they should. Okay. And that was instead of making a bunch of fun Christmassy designs, which prior to this had never had anything to do with Jesus or mm-hmm. anything. It was always just the the generic Christmas stuff on it, mittens, snowmen, you know, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. uh He was upset that they had decided to just do solid red cups with the little green Starbucks logo. Uh And that's the red and green. And it's it's minimalist, but tasteful. And it is different because they don't have red cups normally. So that's their big Christmas thing. And he was so mad that they didn't do designs for Christmas on it. That he went to Facebook, or I don't know if that's exactly the first place he posted it, but that's where the video ended up, and gave a long rant about how this was a affront a to Jesus and to Christianity and to Christmas. And for some reason, a butt ton of Christians got behind this guy yeah. and agreed, and not only agreed agreed to do something about it i know which largely amounted to harassing people that didn't make this decision that are working minimum wage at the counter saying go to you know starbucks and say that your name is merry christmas so they have to write merry christmas on the cup and decorate it why are you bugging the people that just want to make their money and go home <laughs> Like that was my first thought. I made a I think I made a I did make a uh parody song about it. And that's one of the main points that I said in there is like, dude, I didn't make this decision. Uh, why are you I
0: remember. <laughs> why are you
1: heckling me, man? <laughs> I just wanna I just wanna make people coffee and go home. <laughs> But there were so many Christians who were like, yes, yes, we're gonna do this. We're gonna follow this guy like we're charging into hell with a water pistol. Just like, uh, do you need a tissue?
0: I'm good.
1: Are you crying? I'm, Are you really sad? My about nose
0: this? is running for some reason. I've just been sitting over here wiping my snotty nose on my shirt sleeve. You know, it's no big deal. It's fine. We're good. Carry on, carry on.
1: (laughs) So we had that. Uh, But prior to that, uh, prior to social media, you know, Christians have led very large bands, sometimes for very many years. Mm -hmm. Um, So going backwards in time, we had the Harry Potter Band. Yes. I remember being a, a youth grouper and watching a video about all the terrible things about the Harry Potter books how, like, it's real witchcraft and how it'll bring you to, I have not met (laughs) one person who's been like, I'm a Wiccan now, and it's all because of Harry Potter, and you haven't either.
5: (laughs) Am
0: I
1: right? You are 100% right. It is a story that is wildly fantastical, way outside of reality, none of which is accurate. Yeah. And even if some of the quote unquote spells in this story are based on some sort of weird Wiccan something or other, none of them are ever used to actually conjure up anything. The only one that anyone ever memorizes is Leviosa and Avada Kedavra. And that's because those two are in the movie at a specific scene and one of them's like the kill uh, the kill shot thing. That Avada Kedavra, mo, up oh, she's still alive. Dang it. It doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness. So I'm I mean okay. it's really it's really silly. Yeah, I agree. Uh and way overblown. And in reality, there is so much Christian undertones in the Harry Potter
0: Harry Potter
1: <laughs> Harry, Harry Potter series. <laughs> so much you can pull out of it for fantastic uh biblical allegories and things. Mm-hmm. I mean, just Damn it! Uh-huh. Uh, and I feel like this might be the, the one that's still clinging on to a lot of people. And I think it's largely because they haven't done their own research. Uh-huh. Have you read one of the books or watched one of the movies and seen any real thing that's any different than Lord of the Rings or any of the other goofball fantasy movies out there? Just Why do you call them goofball? Because I hate fantasy
0: stories.
1: (laughs) Good grief. Uh, But even longer than that was the Southern Baptist Church's Disney Band. Oh
0: my goodness, yes.
1: Which also was started for a ridiculous reason. Disney had what was known as a a gay, it wasn't gay pride weekend, because the gay pride as a term didn't exist, but it was essentially that. It was one weekend out of the year. Where they encouraged, you know, homosexual people to come and, you know, they did a, you know, celebration thing there. And so people got really mad that that existed. And they're like, we're going to boycott all Disney things until this weekend goes away. What they failed to mention to anybody who jumped on the bandwagon was that Disney also has a Christian, a faith-based weekend. Where they bring in Christian bands and and do, and I'm pretty sure they still do it Mm -hmm. and do all this stuff. It is a non-religious organization having some special weekends for some certain communities of which you are one. Right. Why is that something ban-worthy? Why are you expecting a non-Christian corporation to act like a Christian corporation and then forcing them to follow your set of morality? You can't expect that. And of course they never caved. Who caved? We caved. <laughs> Finally, after more than a decade, I think it was close to two decades, I don't remember. Actually.
0: Oh, there's still was a still Christians walking around, giving other Christians a hard time for right. watching Disney movies. And
1: again, I don't have a problem with any of this if it's your personal decision based on research you've done. Absolutely. The problem we have is the bandwagon mentality. Mm-hmm. All these Christians are banning it for X, Y, Z. Well, that's all the information I need. I'm jumping in. Uh, The oldest one that I can recall, which started, I think, before we were born or maybe early on in our lives, was the D&D ban, the Dungeons and Dragons ban. You can still find the Chick Track out there uh, being printed regularly about Dungeons and Dragons and how it just, it leads to demons and torture in your life. Dungeons and Dragons is no different in tone or scope than Lord of the Rings or Narnia or anything like that. It's ogres, it's dwarves, it's, you know, people fighting dragons and, you know, going into da- dungeons. It's it's a storytelling thing. It's basically a fantasy movie or book that you're writing yourself as you go along so in game format.
0: can I just throw this out there because I remember the D&D ban. Yeah. Um, My parents were youth leaders when I was, you know, between the ages of nine and 12. Mm -hmm. Um, And I can remember my dad having the youth boys over for game days and this is back when you had to bring your entire computer
1: right you had to do the whole Uh yeah land party
0: yeah um and so our entire dining room table was covered in (laughs) computer monitors and cpus and they just did this huge game style playing doom yeah and duke nukem yeah but they were not allowed to play D&D. <laughs> and I can remember being about 10 years old going, what the heck? Right. Like This, this is m-
1: full of actual demons. Yeah. This makes
0: no sense. I, I mean, I guess
1: you are killing the demons, but still. But
0: still. Okay. It, it, even then... The dots did not align. Things did not connect because it was that whole mentality of what we've been told. This is specifically against our beliefs and what we should be aligning ourselves with. But we haven't heard anything about this. So you're okay to, Mm -hmm. you know, instead of doing the research for yourself, like you've said, instead of watching the movie or playing the game or actually learning what it's about, you can't just jump on what someone else says. Right. You know, I kiss, which, okay, fine. But ACDC Metallica.
1: Kiss brought it on themselves with their their, their initials, their
0: initials, but still (laughs) that they were all like, I can remember them being one, those three bands kind of being in the same vein. I was not allowed. Absolutely not. I was going to go straight to, you know, where (laughs) if I listened (laughs) to any song by them Recently, it was Target.
1: What was wrong with Target?
0: They, their bathrooms.
1: Oh, right. They were doing the, yeah. Yeah. I remember that.
0: And then the whole big, huge laundry list of companies who support homosexual rights and and whatnot that we should be banning that, like Pepsi and Coke and...
1: (laughs) What's funny is half of those companies don't actually, like, really, they just... Want to make a bunch of sales based on their Um, products and (laughs) Jesus.
0: But instead of Christians taking a a rational perspective, it's easier to just jump alongside what everyone else is saying and say, yeah. You're right. We have to ban them. We absolutely cannot stand with what they
1: they stand for. I remember in youth group, we had a guy come in, like our our youth pastor brought in a a guy. I think he went to our church at one point at that time, but he he wasn't going then. But he, he called himself knowledgeable in a lot of things regarding the Church of Satan. And he brought like this laundry list of companies that regularly donate to the Church of Satan and i'm like i don't think this sounds credible <laughs> and, and I, to this day like n- nothing of what he said has been corroborated cuz i mean you you have to make your donations public right this would be everywhere all the time yeah why would <laughs> why would it just be the companies that donate to like a homosexual pride you know whatever But we wouldn't have a big list of these are the donors of the Church of Satan. I remember it was like G and C was one of them. I'm like, why? Why would the vitamin shop places (laughs) care a lick?
0: Because if you're taking vitamins, then you clearly have a problem with vanity.
1: You clearly aren't happy with the way God made
0: you. Listen.
1: Vitamin B, as in Bible, is the only vitamin (laughs) I need.
0: (laughs) The The B-I-B-L-E,
1: that's the
0: vitamin for me.
1: The only vitamin a Christian needs is B1. Oh, my (laughs) God.
0: You know, we laugh Uh, and we joke and we poke fun. But yes, those were things that I can remember Mm -hmm. hearing. As I just told our group of boys who stayed at our house over the weekend for D-NOW, one of the questions that we had was, how can you remain in awe of God, you yeah. know, um, and I told them, you know, I can remember being around their age when the first time that I had a Christian elderly person come up to me and give me a hard time about something that I was choosing to, choosing to say, and I had just made mention that I thought something was awesome, and it was something
1: super... I had the same thing happen to me. Oh, I know what you're going to say. <laughs>
0: God is the only true awesome thing.
1: You can only be in awe of God. Do you know what word awesome means? You
0: cannot just throw that word around. And I remember at that point in my life going, this church has lost their mind. It's full of a bunch of crazies.
1: Uh, But the thing that you said that really, really, you know, hits the nail on the head is that, you know... It did make sense that this one thing was banned, but this other thing was not, despite they had very similar themes. And that's the same thing, like, like I mentioned, with Lord of the Rings, as opposed to any other fantasy thing. Uh huh. They're almost identical the uh, to any other thing that's that's come out, yet Lord of the Rings is the only one that tends to get a pass, or Narnia. Those, those two, the only ones that tend to get a pass, only because people know that it is a you know Christian allegory. But just because somebody put that into the story, and Lord of the Rings is not as apparent about it as, you know, uh, Lion, Witch, in the Wardrobe is, you know, of course. But just because those are put in doesn't mean that's what everyone's taking out of it. And just because someone doesn't put that thing in specifically in other things doesn't mean you can't pull those kind of things out of it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Most stories tell a very similar parallel to a Salvation Jesus character, you know, the matrix, you know, all, all these things, the one is what you're looking for. You know, that, the the one that's going to save us all the savior, you know, these kind of things are very um, common themes in movies and books and series and games and all kinds of things. Mm-hmm. And so what it comes down to is Christians as a whole need to, Stop jumping on a bandwagon. Stop retweeting and reposting things that they haven't researched themselves. And instead, do your own research. Come to your own conclusions. If you need to share those conclusions with somebody, do it privately. Don't start a, a, a um, rolling a small snowball down the hill to become a giant crushing boulder of snow. Mm -hmm. There's no reason to uh, stir the pot in that way. Yeah. And thus create these weird banning bandwagons. So, that being said, if everything you've heard us talk about with Turning Red this week uh, has made you weary, especially yesterday, we talked about some of the controversial stuff, If it's made you weary of letting your kids watch it, as we said, watch it yourself first. (laughs) It's okay to get other people's reviews. It's okay to go to Common Sense Media, which actually is relatively okay with the movie. It's okay to check out all these different places. But in the end... You won't really know how you're supposed to think about this until you experience it. It's the same thing with music. It's the same thing with movies. It's the same thing with books. It's the same thing with video games. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing as anything else that you as a parent should be aware of in your child's life. Yes, it takes some time. Yes, it takes some extra effort. But it's part of parenting. Now, I'm not saying by far, just let your kid run wild and do whatever they want. That's not what I'm saying. Or, Or, you know... Take in anything that they want, experience anything that they want. That's not what I'm saying. Uh, They're probably going to make some mistakes. Uh, And that's something, a whole different rabbit trail we can go down one day. Mm -hmm. But in the end, it is your job to be knowledgeable, not at a baseline based on other people's experiences, but based on yours. Agreed. All right. (laughs) <laughs> Switching gears. Tomorrow, Mo and I are going to talk about our own struggles with that first big coming of age moment.
0: We'll be back with more. Stick around.
1: This week in nerd history, the man comes around. Nerd. WrestleMania 38 happened this past weekend, featuring two nights of matches, essentially two full pay-per-views, or premium subscription events, or whatever they call them now on Peacock. This is the third year they have decided to split the showcase of the Immortals up into a two-night event, the first being WrestleMania 36 in 2020, which was a relatively underwhelming event with no fans in attendance due to the COVID-19 pandemic. This has proven to be a good move, given that the last one-night WrestleMania, the 35th edition, occurring on April 7th, 2019, ran a staggering 7 hours and 19 minutes, including the pre-show, making this WWE's longest, uninterrupted pay-per-view event ever. Personally, watching this show was fun, but by hour 5, I was fatigued. As were most of the fans watching, and even the ones in attendance at the event were running low on steam, a fact that was audibly and visibly apparent as the night slogged on. That being said, this show featured a couple memorable moments. Monumental ones, in fact. The first being Kofi Mania. Kofi Kingston breaking through and winning the WWE Championship from Daniel Bryan. This is one of the best feel-good moments in WrestleMania history. However, this was not even the main event. The entire show concluded with the first time a women's match was the main event of WrestleMania where the man, Becky Lynch, won both women's championships defeating Ronda Rousey and Charlotte Flair in a triple threat match. You can bet that the crowd was reinvigorated by this final match which made history in spectacular fashion and solidified the legitimacy of the women's division finally being taken seriously in wrestling. However, given that East Coasters found themselves going to bed after 1 a.m. to see this match, I'm sure we're all grateful that we now have two nights to take the whole show in. I'm Radio Matt. See you next time for more back to the Back Row. I'm Radio Matt. And I'm Mo.
0: And Matt and I have been doing this for years, quickly approaching our 500th morning show. You can catch roughly the last 150 episodes in the podcast feed, but you can do a deeper dive into our archives and catch nearly every single episode ever in our Discord. Join us at BackRowDiscord.com and visit our podcast archives channel.
1: You can do a deeper dig into our dive, Discord, archive.
3: Yep, do it all. (laughs)
1: This week, we're talking about Turning Red and some of the controversy around it.
0: So far, we've given our initial reviews and discussed with our Discord some of the controversial parts. And we talked about the bad Christian habit of jumping on a banning bandwagon with very little personal research. But today, we're going to go back to the movie's topic and talk about that special time in every young person's lives puberty.
1: (laughs) So, of course, the whole movie is kind of an allegory for puberty uh, slash girls getting their period, if we're going to take it a little bit more fine-tuned. But in all, it's really about kind of a coming-of-age thing. So, Mm -hmm. did you feel that this movie represented this for you as an official 100% certified lady type person? (laughs)
0: Um, In a lot of ways, yes. Yes. Even... uh, from the very beginning of the movie when she's drawing the images in her in her journal. Mm, yeah. And she just finds herself out of nowhere, like, thinking these thoughts and feeling these emotions. And then knowing instantly that they're not, I don't want to say not good, but that she's, she shouldn't be having these
1: But they're thoughts. coming, yeah, they're coming from a yeah. lustful place.
0: Yes. Um, and then wanting to hide it. Um, and then that whole battle, that internal battle of... You can't feel these things you you know you have to make your mom proud. you have to make good choices I, it yeah <laughs> I, I would say about ninety eight percent of it nailed yeah. nailed it on the head for me personally at at that time in my life
1: I think that's. <sighs> Even for for parents who are comfortable talking about the, like, body changing aspect of puberty with their kids, I think that's one of the things that we still kind of omit is that the fact that a lot of puberty revolves around the fact that we're starting to feel, like sexuality, like yeah. emotions and feelings and lust. And we're noticing body parts and things on other mm-hmm. people that, uh, we don't understand why we like yeah. <laughs> suddenly and, just
0: kind of seemingly out of nowhere. Right.
1: Yeah. And that was very confusing for me as a kid. Um, like my parents never talked to me about any of that stuff, you know, didn't prepare me for what was happening. Uh, And so I didn't know what was happening. Uh, All I knew is that suddenly I was very interested in what stars had playing late at night uh, when my parents were asleep. (laughs) Yep. And then, of course, this was the time when uh, the personal family computer, the home computer, started becoming a common thing. Mm -hmm. And so... We eventually got our own computer in the living room. There, they connect to the internet. Back in the old days, we're connected to the internet sounded like blah, 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 you know that kind of thing. Took forever, and you couldn't use the telephone while you were mm-hmm. on the internet. Yep. Um, and I was left home a lot alone during this time, and so puberty for me actually went hand in hand with discovering pornography, mm-hmm. which was a terrible way to. Experience puberty. I'm just going to say, like, it it messed me up, not understanding what was going on and growing into this. And, like, it became uh, almost a dependent part of me from just the first rumblings of, you know, starting that process. Mm -hmm. Uh, And uh, I also learned really quickly how to hide that fact. And so I only ever got caught looking at that stuff one time Mm -hmm. and did a fine job explaining it away. (laughs) Uh, And it was like one of the biggest addictions I ever had for like 13 years of my life. Like it it was a huge problem and a lot of, especially boys, I know there's quite a few women who also go through that struggle, but but I I feel like the majority of boys uh, struggle with that uh, on one level or another, uh, you know there have been several studies done that have found like, yeah, it's just it's a hundred percent of boys look at this stuff. Like, there's no escaping seeing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this whole episode's not about pornography. I promise. <laughs> I know it makes people uncomfortable, but that's just that was my experience, you know, early on, and so I learned everything about my changing body, and you know lustful feelings and all this of the very wrong way, the very flipped opposite of reality, opposite of what God intended kind of way. And it would take me many years to kind of unlearn all those things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I feel like, I don't know for sure, but I feel like if my dad had sat me down one day, you know, when I was 11 or 12 and talked to me about some of this stuff, prepared me a little bit for what was going to happen and what I'd be attracted to and what is healthy and what's not, feel like I might have been able to shorten that struggle a little bit, or at least had the knowledge behind it to know it was uh, going to get worse if I didn't do something about it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think the struggle is predominantly... A male struggle simply because boys feel this um, or men feel this responsibility in knowing and understanding that one day I'm going to have a relationship with a woman and it's going to be my job to pursue her.
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: You know, and so you don't have these conversations with your parents. And so you kind of take it into your own hands as, okay, well, how does this actually work? You know? Really?
1: <laughs>
5: I didn't um, say anything.
0: So you begin to look into what truly is your responsibility, if sure. you will, quote unquote.
1: And, it, I mean, and that extends to um, like, I feel like a lot of men think that if you don't watch this stuff and Like learn from it, you're not gonna know what to do. Right. When you get to have intercourse for the first time. Yeah. You think that all this is real life and none of it's (laughs) none of it's real life. Right. But unfortunately I feel like maybe that's starting to shift because so many people are growing up experiencing that men and women as what they think sex is, that a lot of people Are treating that as yes, this is what this is, and it's completely devoid of any Mm -hmm. actual commitment. Yeah, it's just weird taboo things. Mm -hmm. (laughs) How many weird taboo things can we do in one night? Yeah, and that's dangerous as well. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that is coming from the fact that, and we, I, I mentioned this, I think, on Tuesday. A lot of it's coming from the fact that there are more and more people now who are saying that this is fine. Yeah. Even good,
3: Mm -hmm. healthy.
0: Yeah. We're giving a lot of praise to things that are not praiseworthy. Mm -hmm. Um, And honestly, it it breaks my heart to say, but I know coming from a parent's perspective, having these conversations is hard. It is difficult. It is awkward.
1: I'm not looking forward to it at (laughs) all.
0: I... I can remember being about 14 years old and that was when I had my first serious boyfriend and my mom, it was actually a secret. My mom knew that I had a boyfriend. My dad was completely against it and not at all condoning the way that this all played out, but sure. <laughs> it, it was reality. It's how it happened. Um, and so I had confided in my mom about this boyfriend and how serious I thought that we were and she told me one day, Megan, if it ever gets to the point to where you are sexually serious, you need to let me know so that we can do something about it. And that was the first time that I can remember hearing my mom, like, say that word in front of me. Mm. And I was like,
1: "Uh, this is
0: weird.
1: <laughs> I, um, no, thank you. Yeah.
0: You know? Um, and while I know that she was just doing her very best at what she thought, as a mom, she needed to do to protect me. hmm I made a commitment very early, um, with our kids that I was going to set a different standard and I was going to let them know, listen, what I want for you is for you to remain pure Mm. and there's going to be temptations. There's going to be things that you feel and all of those things are okay. Those are good things. They are natural things, you know, but they have to be contained until the time is right. Um, and so having those difficult conversations with your kids and not just once, but you got to have them a lot
5: <laughs> and you just
0: kind of got to keep reminding them of those standards and that there's nothing to be ashamed of in all of these feelings, Yeah, you know, in all of the changes, it's not something that's shameful, but it is something that has to be contained until the time is right. You know, um, I, I, I my least favorite part was when the mom and I said this I think um when the mom ripped out the pages uh-huh. from from May's journal and just completely humiliated her in front of a number of people yeah but also that shame that inner shame that May was already feeling that just validated that yeah you know instead of Kind of going, okay, we're here. Hold on. We got to have a conversation. Let's sit down, you know, instead of it was okay for the mom to freak out a little,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: but let's not shame our children and let's not humiliate them, especially for things that are natural, things that are going to happen. Yeah. You know, I think that's the really dangerous part is... As parents, it's our job to protect them, and sometimes that even means protecting them from ourselves and yeah. from our own feelings so
1: you're absolutely right <laughs> uh, and when it, when it comes to this, we talked about this a little on Tuesday, but when we come to this, we know that for for our generation, who are parents now and maybe maybe the generation before us, a lot of us didn't have the correct kind of talk, you know, Hmm. from our parents, because our parents had never had it and they didn't know what to do. Uh, And it was only becoming kind of an idea of, yeah, you need to sit down and talk to this stuff, (laughs) talk to them about this stuff. Mm -hmm. So it is our responsibility now, especially if you didn't have that to be better, to do this better, to sit down and break this cycle of silence when it comes to these kind of uncomfortable topics. Mm And you're not going to know how to do that right off the bat. Definitely don't go in blind. <laughs> Talk to some people that have done it. Find some books out there. Um, I don't know a specific uh, girl-centric one, but I know that uh, Every Man's Challenge, which is part of the Every Man's Battle series, mm-hmm. that one is specifically about, um, I think I think it's that one, <laughs> Every Man's Challenge. It's either Every Man's Challenge or Every Man God's Man, but one of those two um, is specifically about... How to talk to your kids about you know puberty and and lust and pornography and all those kind of things before it becomes a habit in their lives already, and spoiler alert it's going to happen a lot younger than mm-hmm. you were even. Yeah, uh, it's this this change. And uh, I'm not sure science uh, is completely understanding of why. But this these these puberty changes tend to be happening younger and younger now, not just the awareness of sex and things of that nature, but the actual bodily changes are starting to happen younger and younger. And so probably <laughs> probably have these discussions a couple of years before you think you need to, because otherwise you might just completely miss it. <laughs> Yeah. And you're two years late, Mm -hmm. jumping in, trying to to fix things that have already been set in place Mm -hmm. in their mind. Um, And don't let
0: it freak you out. Yeah. Honestly, don't let it intimidate you. Don't let it scare you. I think the best piece of advice that I can give walking through this twice already, continuing to walk through it, um, is. To pray. Hmm. And as silly as some people may think that sounds, okay, Mo, we're just going to pray. No, pray going into the conversations. Yeah. You know, because I, believe me when I say God will work through you, God will guide those conversations, God yeah. will guide the heart of your children to be able to receive and hear the things that they need to hear in order to protect them long term.
1: Yeah. So. Well, that ends our discussion this week on Turning Red and its controversy, but we want to know what you think. What did you think of the movie? Is this a movie your family is avoiding? Come share your thoughts in our Discord at BackRowDiscord.com, in the Respond to Show channel. Message us on any of the socials at the Back Row LTN or leave us a voicemail at 575-562-8052. And that's going to do it for The Back Row Morning Show.
0: We hope you enjoyed our discussions and hope you'll join us again next week.
1: Remember that we air our full morning shows, first exclusively on LTN Radio, LTNOnAir.com, every Monday through Thursday at 8 a.m. Eastern with an encore at 10 a.m. But if you miss a day or just can't catch the show live, you can find our four full shows on our weekly main podcast by searching The Backroom Morning Show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, all the podcast apps. Subscribe, rate five stars, and leave a review just because you're you're nice.
0: <laughs> Check out lovethynerd.com. It is positively jam-packed with articles, podcasts, and videos that cover a wide range of nerdy topics. And just like any ministry, we are largely supported by those willing to partner with us financially.
1: And as one of the newest staff members of LTN and a part-time nerd culture missionary, I am looking to build my support team to help this radio station grow and help my family financially as I pour more focus into all I get to do for LTN. So for more information, you can visit Lovethynerd.com slash Radio Matt. Uh, or you can just reach out to me directly. Love Thy Nerd is a qualifying 501c3 nonprofit organization and your gift is tax deductible.
0: And make sure you're following us on all the socials. We're on the book, the twit, the gram, and the talk. Just search for at the back row LTN and connect
1: with us. Once again, I'm Radio Matt. And I'm Mo. And if nobody else tells you, we promise that it's true.
0: Jesus, Jesus loves, loves you, nerd. nerd.